Oh my God, what is good about Halloween? Everything. Everything good. Halloween takes us back to a time of innocence. It's sort of the spice to the sugar of Christmas. Hi, I'm Barry J. Hi, I'm Marlene Thompson. Hi, I'm Dudley Bean. And you're entering a world gone good. And you are entering a world gone good. And you are entering a world gone good. Well, hello, and welcome to World Gone Good. My name's Steve, and I am so happy you've decided to come spend some good time with me. Okay, let me see if I can do this next part in 10 words or less. Okay, here we go. Please subscribe, download, share this podcast with your friends. Thanks. Hey, I did it. Seriously, your support is so appreciated. Today, we are going full throttle spooky good with not one, not two, but three Halloween addicts. Barry J. is a self-professed horror movie fanatic. He's also the writer, producer, director of two scary films of his own, Ashes and Killer Therapy. Marlene Thompson proudly celebrates the holiday all year long, with the culmination being fall when she and her husband begin their annual tradition of transforming their front yard into a Halloween spectacle. And Dudley Bean is the wig, makeup, and outfit extraordinaire who is known in West Hollywood for his yearly group-themed costumes. So, grab your candy, and let's get this party started. Tell me this, what is good about Halloween? Where do I begin? Um, for me, it's, it's the macabre. It feels like the world is climbing on board to this horror train that I ride 364 other days of the year. I just love all the, um, the haunted things that um, are put up for us. Fog up the theme park, lead me through it, come up behind me with the chainsaw and scare me, and I am in heaven. Halloween is my favorite holiday simply because when I was a little kid, I always wanted to be something else or be somebody else. And that's just me. I don't know if you know this, but Halloween actually developed a long, long, long time ago. Um, The Celts actually started it. And what they believed was that the uh, 31st of October basically is the, uh, well, let's put it this way, the ghosts return from the dead. And what they would do is they would have this note, idea that if they put out any type of gargoyles or anything to keep the ghosts away, then on November 1st, which is a religious holiday for a lot of people and for other people is just uh, All Souls Day, they now mark winter. And what happens is the ghosts go away and now we begin winter and everything is good and that's fall uh, season. So over the years, there has been this idea that the devil is associated with All Hallows Eve or Halloween, and therefore it's not a great thing. Well, that's a belief. My belief is candy. <laughs> Good times. And we really get the privilege of sort of dressing up and being crazy and and playing with the idea of artifice and, and look. And I think for a lot of the world, they don't really have that opportunity. It's not encouraged. But that tends to be the one day where men, women, straight, gay, whatever, have a moment to uh, feel either sexy about their bodies or scary or see what it's like 
to be in a, sort of another skin for that day. And that's, that's exciting. That's playful. It's kind of something we did as kids. You know, I remember uh, at my elementary school, you got to play, you know, uh, fireman or, you know, construction worker or whatever it might be like that for the day. As adults, we don't really get to do that. So that's one opportunity that the costume. And then as far as the creativity, it's sort of the spice to the sugar of Christmas. You know, I love decorating for Christmas and just doing all the joy and happy. Uh, but it's kind of nice to also decorate and play with some themes that aren't just so uh, squeaky clean, wholesome, and kind of go into sort of the darker playful things. Even Disneyland has a haunted mansion. You need that sort of uh, playing with these ideas of, the, uh, you know, the spooky other world of it all. And that's that's a great time to play with that. Don't you think there's something good about being scared? I've always actually thought there's something good about being scared, especially in the horror movie world, because, and, and I actually went to ther a therapist who, you know, my love for horror is so deep that he found it very interesting to kind of ask about it. And he came up with the, the analysis that in my life and in this world, there are so many scary things that don't end, that have no end in sight, um, that are con I'm constantly afraid of. The drug for me, he thought, was when a horror movie ends, it's over. And that feeling of that release of being scared for 90 minutes and then, ah, is what attracted me. Now, I don't know if I sign on to all of that, but I absolutely get that that is one of the wonderful things about horror and horror movies and a night at a scary theme park or a haunted house is that you, you get to be scared and it gets to be over. Like right now, I think there's so much uncertainty um, and I'm scared. And, but you know, even though it doesn't make everything that's going on in the world okay by any means, I, I'm wired to try to find my happiness in, in whatever situation I've been left in. Um, and, you know, for me, watching quarantine horror movies and isolated, stuck-in-the-house horror movies, um, watching, you know, um, Contagion for the first time was this was, well, why not watch it now? <laughs> you know, it's, it's my little way of getting through it. It's one of my coping tools to get through everything that we're going through right now. So let me ask you this. What is your first Halloween memory? My first Halloween memory was I used to have these uh, little uh, Halloween parades in elementary school. And the day would be dedicated to, you know, your family members, your mom or your dad or your brothers and sisters coming to school and they would have a parade. And the teachers would pass out candy and they would bring cupcakes and uh, they decorate the school. Uh, school rooms. And when you were going to do the parade, obviously you wanted to dress up and there was a prize. Well, I dressed up as a, a wolf man. I think I was probably in about kindergarten and my, I have older brothers and sisters and my older sister uh, had made a costume for me. So no store, no store bought costume for me. It was handmade. I didn't win a prize, but that's the very first time I remember uh, being a part of something and just having a lot of fun. I dragged my parents into holiday celebration. Um, and I remember first making uh, these little tombstones for the front yard. And I think we did it out of, uh, instead of foam where you do now, we actually took 
like giant chunks, you know, one by 10 pieces of wood and cut them out. And I tried, you know, with my uh, 12 year old lettering to make it look good. Ah, they were awful. But that was the start. How do you celebrate it now as an adult? Well, and as an adult, what uh, happened probably about, I want to say about 10, 15 years ago, um, I've always, well, I've always put out decorations for Halloween. Even when I was single and I had an apartment, I, you know, would put things up in my, my house or my apartment. And one year uh, when I met my husband, we were talking about Halloween and I told him it was a really big deal to me. And he's like, ah, you know, Halloween, I, you know, hardly dressed up. I didn't know what it was until I was really old and uh, it's not that big of a deal. And I said, well, it is a big deal to me. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to participate. And he begrudgingly kind of did. But the, the trick was about 15 years ago, I told him, I said, Hey, how about this? Let's do this thing where we take themes from movies. So let's pick some Halloween ish movies and we'll decorate our house that way. And so we'll have a theme. So every year we had a theme and that was how we got into it. And a lot of people think, you know, you don't have kids. That seems kind of weird. Why would you do that? You know what? Again, it's it's about innocence. It's sort of the way Disney presents itself in saying, you know, it's all part of the magic. You're never too old to be a kid. Well, Halloween is my Disneyland. It is. I'm never too old to be a kid. And I just now that's our, our theme. This moving to Amarillo this past year, we missed our very first Halloween simply because we were in between moving and from California to Texas. And so that was a really big bummer. So this year we decided we're going to go back to old school, go vintage Halloween with ghosts and skeletons and Frankenstein and Dracula and have them out in the yard. And um, we may dress up. I'm not sure. Normally we do uh, because of the pandemic. A lot of people have said they're not going to be doing trick or treating or they're going to do drive by. So it really depends also here on the weather um, in California. It didn't matter. But um, yeah, that's that's what we did. We 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 uh, upscaled ourselves to Halloween movies and trying to mimic scenes from those. Does this all happen at once? Is the kind of thing where you guys go crazy from like twelve midnight to six a.m. and there's a big reveal, or is it like a slow build? Is it like oh, it starts with a headstone and then a week later it looks like an insane asylum? Well, it's uh, <laughs> I'll tell you this because it because we're fairly elaborate. I mean, this is. I'm not typically known as an artist or creative person, but this is my creativity and my husband's. We both together, we talk about what we want to do. Our theme is going to be in July. And then in August, we start shopping for props or anything associated with what we're going to do. And then in about mid-September, which is about, you know, coming up now, we start placing things out on our yard um, slowly up until October 1st. And by the first weekend of October, everything should be set up because, because we put up so much junk, <laughs> we have to figure, we've got to put it up at least from October 1st to October 31st for us to get our money, money's worth out of all that junk that we have to buy or, or find for free. We scavenge, you know, uh, garage sales or Craigslist or whatever for anything we can get free. And it's amazing what you can come up with. That's so funny to me because I just picture you like Rosh Hashanah yes. like going out or something. You know what I mean? Because that's like mid-September-ish. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's definitely what it is. So now you guys are, you said you were leveling up and you're doing more horror movie themed um, scenes or costumes or what are we talking? 
Uh, a little bit of both. Um, not last year, but the year before, we decided to do the Insidious trilogy. Oh, my God. And Insidious, uh, oh if, if, if you're not familiar with it, I, I'm like a huge uh, Blumhouse Productions fan because those guys uh, have managed to... Lee Whannell uh, has managed to create this idea. He's also the creator of the Saw uh, movies, which I've only seen the first one. The rest of them really scared the crud out of me. But um, they, we watched the movies and we decided we're going to make characters of from each one of the movies. So the guy who looks like a, the devil, he's like a, the red devil. Um, we, we created him. We created um, to, to scale. Like, how big are we talking? Oh about? yeah, no, no. We I have mannequins and oh skeletons, and what we do is, um, in that particular case, what we did was I bought a Darth Maul face and altered it to look right, just like very him. smart, very smart. And, and then we had the we had the bride in black, who um, Philip uh, Hoffman, I believe it's Hoffman. Um, he basically, you know, looks like this this woman who's shrouded in like a black veil and everything. I bought a mannequin and I got a black dress and a veil and everything and put red lights in his eyes or his eyes so you could see it. And then we had uh, from the movie where there's this, all the look like ghosts in a theater. Uh, I had bought some ghosts and just shrouded them with blankets. So we had, we had characters from each one of the movies. And where and, are they? Where are they? Are they outside or are they oh, inside? Yeah. Everything's oh, outside. outside. Oh my God, that's amazing. No, no, no. It's, it's, everything was outside. And prior to that, a couple of years before that, I had actually gone out and found a gurney, one of those old fashioned <laughs> ones. And I'd used it for my Frankenstein uh, theme, which we did uh, prior to that, a couple of years before that. And so what I did was I put the little boy who basically is possessed. Um, and uh, I have these dummies and I dressed him up with his little, you know, red flannel pajama shirt and had him in the bed uh just like he was uh in the one of the the very first insidious movies where he's possessed so we had the care we had all the different characters and then um my husband and i dressed up as the two uh they're the guys who were basically like the ghost uh ghost hunters and which was pretty easy to uh mimic them because it's just two guys in like white they look like missionaries two white shirts two black shirt you know pants uh right, i had right. like glasses that you know like had lights on him and he had a you know headphones and we just kind of walked around and and you know among the characters and then we passed out candy so yeah we 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 typically choose one to dress up as one of the characters in the movies talking about people you know creating costumes and stuff um uh you are known through the uh, community of Los Angeles by quite a few of us as a gentleman who comes up with group themed costumes that I had the privilege of being renting a room for you for a job I had to do for, for six months. And I had the privilege of watching you, not that you have control issues, Dudley, but that you took everyone's measurements, you bought the fabric, you bought the, the hair pieces, you you make everyone's costume like to the letter. So there's no question of fuckery going on, but I'm going to let you take it away and explain where does this come from? What is your process and how give us some examples and how do you decide what the group costume is and who gets in the group? Yeah. yeah. Who gets in the group? 
it's 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 a death match likened to the Hunger Games. Um, uh, I think it all so so the origins of doing I'd always in college is when I started getting into doing costumes and I remember sewing the Martian Spy Girl from Mars Attacks was one of my first over the top things Jesus. where I was at the University of Texas. I had told a friend who was in the uh, costuming department suddenly the head. Uh, Jim Glavin, the head of the UT costuming department, was pinning a, a a a pattern for me because he was he thought that was a cool thing to do is like the old bullet bra shape and everything like that. So I think that started me on the trajectory of you really can make stuff you, that that uh, you know the it's not impossible to create this. And of course, the advent of cosplay has put so many things into, uh, you know, you can get these materials and fabrics and wigs are now dirt cheap in every color imaginable. So that's been a big change. But our first real group costume was right as Desperate Housewives came out, which would have been in September. In October, I said, let's do the Desperate Housewives. And I got three friends together to do that. And, um, you know, some people don't get the essence of a character. So I remember... Even at that time, going no, Brie Vandecamp needs she needs this mint green sweater set, and then a, a skirt that offsets it, and the one strand of pearls to be perfect. You know, I I just I I was like, it's got to be right. There's a little nuance to things that 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 you see it, and you go, oh, I know who this person is, even right. if the face isn't perfect. Right, and so that that's where the insane compulsion starts from. But uh, as it got got further along the way, we started just sort of doing big groups, and we did uh, the Golden Girls, and we did Alice the TV show, we did uh, Three's Company, we did the Adams Family, um, and then we started doing just sort of group things like uh, '80s uh, Divas Live, where we all did different versions of that, or screwed up Disney princesses, where we had. Belle, but she'd sort of been ripped to shreds by the beast. And then there was uh, Snow White, but she had a Coke addiction and things like that. Um, and then it got to multiples where I just said, everybody has to look exactly the same to pull this off. So I'm just going to do it. That's the only way it's going to work. Even if I say to people, hey, you want to buy this? You want to buy this? You want to buy this? Something's going to, some kind of fuckery is going to go down and it's not going to be right. So... Uh, I got to, uh, you know, especially with Amazon now where you can just order, okay, we're doing carry. I found a slip that looks close. Let me get everybody's size. Let me get it in here, do the adjustments I need to make so it looks like her dress. Let me pour paint on it in the same amount so it matches. Let me get a wig and I'm going to pour paint on the top of the wig so it just hardens into the shellac. And I'll just load up the car with eight to 10 wigs, eight to 10 gowns. And then, uh, you know, same dozen roses, same tiara for everybody. Um, but that, uh, I, I'm losing track of the question. I'm so excited. No, 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 no. But you're doing great. So, so, so Carrie, yeah. was Carrie the first multiple group that you guys did? The first multiple group was Barb from Stranger Things. Oh my God. <laughs> You're and, obsessed with her. <laughs> and I remember, because uh, I looked online and they had sort of a uh, a finger wave orange flapper wig that I was like, okay, with a little brushing out, I can make this into Barb. I need to cut it a little bit, 
but I can make this happen. You know, the other guys aren't going to be able to do this right, so I'll just do the wigs. And then I looked and I was like, okay, I found a, it was like a cowboy shirt, but I was like, well, if you take off the collar and add the lace and turn that collar into a little bow, then that's going to look like the prairie blouse that she would wear. Okay, that's great. And then being in Los Angeles, you can go downtown and find a sort of high-waisted spandexy mom jeans for maybe $12 a pair. So I got those for everyone. And, and then I just kind of give a bill to everyone where I, I don't I don't make any money off it. But like this year, it's going to be an $80 buy-in. And people are like, good, done. No running around, done. And so I even bought them the blue eyeshadow for Barb because I wanted everybody to have the same makeup. Now, you are a writer, you're a director, you're a producer. You have uh, a brand new movie um, that has just come out called Killer Therapy. Yes. What's your writing process? I, I get motivated, an idea gets sparked somehow. With Killer Therapy, it was the title. It was actually the name of an LLC. Um, my partner and I created together for, for uh, a, a web series he did years ago. And it just stuck with me. And I was like, what would killer therapy be about? I wanted to create a character who was not only the villain, but a, a sympathetic villain. So he was our antagonist and protagonist. Um, and I just wanted to see, like, you know, what if therapy didn't help? There's some great therapists. I have loved my therapist, but I also know there are some, some not so good therapists out there. And I also know that if someone isn't in the right place to receive therapy and they're forced into it, um, that, that it might have the wrong effect. And they might end up, if their life isn't good because of therapy, maybe they'll actually blame the therapist and go hunt them down. So then I started Googling how many patients kill their therapists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you, then you cleared the history. <laughs> <laughs> and... There's astounding numbers out there. So I thought, okay, there's something here with killer therapy. This movie in particular allowed you to work with some of your favorite screen queens. Yes. Um, so speak to that. <laughs> okay, so I had a wish list. And, and it, it was my honest to goodness. I wish I still had it written down somewhere. Um, I was like Adrian King, PJ Souls, Tom Matthews. Dag Fairch. Now, I, I won't lie. I had Tony Todd on the list, and I did not get Tony Todd. So it was a wish list. And for me, you know, in the horror world, with like one one little film behind me, I thought to myself, well, I, I guess I can, you know, we can get a casting director and have the question asked. That's, you know, why not? So the the first thing she, did, she came back with was... Um, Erica Johnson casting. She, Erica called me and said, Barry, I, I think I'm going to make your day. Because you told me, Tony said no on the, on the other day. And I was like, mm -hmm. and, I, and she was like, Adrian King really loves the role and the script. She's like really excited about doing this. I was like, Alice from Friday the 13th, like the original Final Girls. Um, and I knew I had not seen her in anything in a long time. But I just, I could close my eyes and I said, I bet you I could see what she looks like. I, I could imagine her in this role. I could hear her voice from Alice. And lo, she has been a dream. They all have. Um, 
we've become friends. She was so passionate about the character. We talked through her. She came out to rehearse before the the movie began. I, I can't say enough good things, but this was this was the first day I went clicking my heels down the street like like, like a kid because I had Adrian King in my movie. And then, as if that weren't enough, the next day I got a, um, a phone call saying. PJ Souls wants to do it. And I was like, what? <laughs> She's from the original Halloween. The original Halloween, the original Carrie. Oh, yes, Stripe, of course. And rock and roll. Hot. Oh, God, yes, Carrie. Um, so PJ was incredible. She was like, wow, there's a lot of dialogue here. Because she played. She said it was some, something that she'd never played you know, to, to like take her from all the roles she was used to. And let's face it, many years have gone by and she's matured beautifully. Um, and, and she just liked wrapping her head around being a doctor, being a therapist, a psychologist, a court psychologist. Um, and she just sunk her teeth into it. What do you want people to get from your movies? You know, a fun escape at the end of the day is horror. You know, I want people to get what I want to get. Scared, have fun, get get wrapped up in the story, care about the characters. Um, I, I hope it's one of those movies where when Halloween comes or it's a rainy Saturday night, you're thinking, oh, let's put that one on. Okay, so here's how I wrap up with pretty much everybody. Who inspires you? Oh, uh, geez. You know, uh, I, I love Amy Sedaris. I love her approach to crafting and her aesthetic. Um, Dave LaChapelle, the, back in the day when he was really hot, anybody who really gets the detail of something, I, I'm currently watching Nurse Ratchet or Ratchet and whoever does the production design on that just is nailing a look and it's so satisfying. So as far as a person, I guess somebody who just revels in the details in storytelling and really bringing something to life. Uh, actually, it's very interesting you asked that because she just passed away, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I read her bio. I saw her documentary. Fantastic woman. Who inspires me? God, that changes. Honestly, that's a really hard one because I mean, Helen Keller inspires me. Um, people who overcome obstacles, which I encounter throughout the years almost every day. And I get inspired by anyone who rushes themselves off and and gets back on the horse. Um, that's very inspiring to me. In the horror world, it has been John Carpenter and George Romero. George Romero sacrificed a lot, pulled in friends, used his own money, um, was writing on the fly. You know, I, I've watched documentaries about Night of the Living Dead and the way, you know, he had made this movie happen, you know, especially back in 1968. It, it, to me, it's just, when I was doing Ashes and people were like, are you sure about using your own money? I would actually sit back and, and look at my autographed picture of George and think like, you know what? You bet on yourself and I'm going to bet on myself. All right, here's the next one. Tell me something good. Uh, tell you something good. Um, Halloween is, uh, I don't know when this is airing, but right now, it's just a month away, um, and then Christmas is after that, and 
it's time and because of the pandemic this is really one of those times that you do get to celebrate and indulge in the little silliness and creature comforts so i am reveling in the opportunity to do that and i hope everyone does so that's the good news is that we have some things to celebrate um and and some sort of distractions and at the same time something to center us around the nostalgic stuff that we love love peace friendship diversity people this too shall pass and we will be better and stronger for it i believe that i really do believe that where can people find killer therapy and ashes and everything else you do plug away Oh, thank you. Ashes just moved to Amazon Prime, so have at it. Um, Killer Therapy is on iTunes and um, Amazon, and it just came out. It's for rent. It's for purchase. There's a DVD available as well. My thanks to Barry, Marlene, and Dudley for the reminder to celebrate the good of the season even during difficult times. There's still good out there. And candy. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, I'm looking at you. Next time on World Gone Good. I would describe myself as a pretty awesome dog mom. (laughs) I don't know that there's a better way to describe it, but um, basically I take care of a lot of dogs and that is my absolute passion in life. We're going to the dogs with dog healer and pet rescue expert, Angela Aiden. Seriously, the work she does is more than good. It's extraordinary. On behalf of our three dogs, Hazel, Mason, and Haley, we all hope you'll join us. Until then, be good.